Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Full Spectrum Universe. And, man, do we have a great show for you today. It is a complete delight to have my guest on today, by a gentleman by the name of Philip Kinsella. And he is a two-time acclaimed author. He also hosts a podcast. Uh, just to let everybody know, I have an announcement to make as well. If you haven't read the posts, we uh, Full Spectrum Universe has been picked up by another network. It is called RU Media Network. But thank you to David Wolliver and Eric McGill for seeing something in this show that's uh, bringing information to those. We're going to be on on Saturday nights from 8 to 10 p.m., and that is Eastern Standard Time. Also want to give a shout out to the Global Enlightenment Network, where we were picked up on another show as well. So we'll be on on Mondays from 9 to 11 p.m. Me and my co-host, Melinda, Rescue Media Melinda, you guys have seen her here on the show. And we'll still be doing our... uh, our regular show, which is uh, 6 to 8 p.m. on Tuesday evenings. So we're actually, the Monday night show is going to be called something different because there is a co-host involved, so we've made a new show for it. It's going to be called The Seer and the Scholar. Hence, I am the scholar. She is the seer. She has all the stuff. So with that, let's uh, get into the opening. Let's get this bad boy started. extraterrestrials on the moon. When he spies a discernible shape. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one No government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. All right. Philip, how are you today, my friend? I'm very well, thank you, Rob, and thank you very much for inviting me on your wonderful program. I'm very honored. Uh, Thank thank you for being here. It's actually an honor for us to have you here. Uh, Just to give somebody, people a little bit of background of uh, me and Philip's connection, we met on Facebook Messenger. We had a couple of great conversations. We had a lot of positive reinforcement and a, a lot of talk of uh, things in a positive light. So he is also, like I said, a uh, as of right now, uh, as I know of, I know he has more coming and probably more that he has written. He has two books, one by the name of Researching for the Divine and Guardians of the Dead, as you saw in the promo poster that I put up for everybody. Philip, it's so great to have you here. Uh, why don't we start by telling people about uh, really how you got started with all the writing and how you got to this point in your life? Well, um, that's a very good question and, and one that I'm still trying to work out. But it actually happened uh, many years ago when my twin brother and I, my twin brother uh, Ronald, 
um, we're very close as twins, were, uh, had be observed a UFO with our grandmother, our maternal grandmother, in Middlesex in England when we were roughly around about the age of 13. And this had come in the form of a silver orb that literally came through a clear sky and came over one of the trees in the back garden because they lived in a very big house and then uh, appeared over her head. And when we asked our grandmother, who was psychic, what this was, and she said, well, the fairies had come to take a closer look at us. But we knew at that point that, you know, she was obviously using this to cover a more complex uh, uh, reality. Um, and this led um, further into observing what we call UFOs um, sporadically and at close range, and with other witnesses uh, that were there. And, and uh, one of these uh, happened uh, recently on the 9th of April of 2016 at uh, quarter past 11 here in England at, at night. And, um, and they were captured by my niece. It's a long story, but that will be appearing in the new book, You, the Public Deceived. But this whole reality um, seemed to shatter because we live in a system that programs us into the belief that we are flesh and blood entities with a sell by date. We're not to ask any questions. And of course, when I was a kid, I was very curious about, you know, psychic phenomena and UFOs. And the UFO department has been something that's been longer in my life than the psychic exploration. But there is a connection, I believe. And, and this is what led me then down the rabbit hole um, and, and connected me with some brilliant minds in the world. But the overall shock of this was um, an experience that I had back in 1989 or the winter of 1989, which has been documented in my other books where I had what people term um, embarrassingly an alien abduction. It was the only one alien abduction that I recall. Um, but nevertheless, the experience had, um, was a very horrific one. Um, and analyzing and trying to understand quite what happened there is something that I wanted to discover. And, and, and as I led, was led down this path into trying to work out, you know, what these things are, where they come from and why it happens to people, I then unfortunately, um, to some degree, fell into the hands of the media circuit, television, national television. And not all the programs, but some of the programs were very negative. And I realized at that point um, that it was becoming a circus, that uh, the media that deals with all of these types of subjects will ridicule them and won't look at them in a, you know, organized or sensible fashion. And that they're out to tell us that these things don't exist. So my question was either I'm lying or they're lying. And I wanted to find out which one of us was lying. And, you know, throughout all these years of investigations and research, um, it's evident to me that we have been lied to. <clears throat> and hence the title, if I may be bold to push my next book that's out in the new year, um, You, the Public, Deceived the Grand UFO Deception, which is coming out via Philip Mental, the British Ufologist's publication uh, press. Uh, and I was angry and annoyed at the same token that the public have been misled and easily manipulated and easily controlled. And within the current environment of where we stand at present, without mentioning too much, because we have to be very careful, we can see that that fear and that the control and rage and anger is now coming in. And it's sad for me, not just as a um, what 
people term a clairvoyant medium, but I would term an interpreter because you're merely interpreting information coming through on a different vibration level. Um, but it's sad for me to see that all these changes are, are getting worse and, and people are now rebelling and there's a lot of fighting. And if we just stopped for one moment um, to realize that, you know, we are much more than just the flesh and blood that we occupy. So in a roundabout way, <laughs> this is how I got involved. And, and I think even at a young age, um, you know, it was harder for me growing up as a as a kid in the 80s because that was the birth of computer technology and i'd seen that and also it was the press and the the the, the um media connections were very powerful so we didn't have connections like this then so it was kind of like you know you either went to the library to do your research or you had to wait for a book uh, for its publication date to come out. And you had to write to people and wait weeks on end for a reply. But today, thankfully, to some degree, it's uh, much easier that we can connect with like minds in a very quick and easy fashion. So that, that's how I got involved with the subject matter. That's uh, exactly right. You know, if I can only imagine during the 80s, you know, the, the people didn't have these platforms like right now <clears throat> to tell their truths and to speak yeah. what they've been through, their experiences. And it must have been bottling up because it must have like felt like that things were against you. Yes. So much was yes. against you, you know, and uh, that that sucks, of course. But, that you know, and you, like you also said, you didn't have the uh, information at your fingertips to type it in. And then all of a sudden find your like minded people where you can tell your story, which it, it's got to yes. be hard. It's got to be hard. Well, I didn't want to tell my story, Rob. To be honest with you, it all happened, I suppose, in some form of synchronistic manner. And just going back before I um, go ahead with what I'm just about to say, we have to also be careful with a lot of sensationalism, the lies, disinformation, you know, this type of thing. So we we operate or I operate with the, the group of other people uh, in kind of like a no-nonsense fashion, but also very understanding fashion. Now, it was hard because in back in the 80s, there was no one to link with, no one to talk to, especially in 1989, because during that period, the internet was in its very basic stages. And um, I could only go to a few UFO groups, and one of which was called BEAMS, which was uh, the British Earth and Aero Mystery Society, um, back then. But this is how uh, I was invited to go on TV, um, television. I didn't want to tell my story. But what I realized then was that some researchers had um, discovered the full extent of what the abduction was about and had used this against me in a ridiculous fashion. But putting that aside, we understand that the media are controlling and we understand that most people are aware that, you know, they take it with a pinch of salt with regards to how the media work. But the truth of the matter is that I understand and I know to be truth is that there is a psychic component which makes us more than what we are, so we're eternal beings. And there is also a power, another paranormal element which is coming into the fore and that seemingly operates on a different principle of awareness, um, if I may state here, like a medium talking to those who have crossed over and UFOs. And, and when I got involved with the psychic phenomena, um, it did make me laugh, Rob, because I thought, well, here's the man who studies UFOs and now he talks to the dead. And I thought that my reputation would go from where it was right down the pan. But interestingly, 
through the research, um, through a lot of the work that we've been doing, we've been understanding that consciousness um, does survive the state of death. And depending on the belief system of the individual, the brain is merely the conduit for that consciousness or that soul to enter through or link with. Now, I always use the simple analogy of the mobile phone. Uh, imagine that the mobile phone in a very crude manner is the human brain because the mobile phone and the brain, indeed even your TV set, is designed to receive certain signals. Um, so we are basically signals. We are consciousness that's uh, incarnated into this form and experiences this reality, albeit on a temporary basis. And my understanding is that perhaps we take the accumulation of the memories that we've uh, amassed in this life back to the one, to the other side, so that perhaps maybe people call it God, but I think it's the God force learns more about itself through us and it, as an extension of us as we do through its force. And thus the creation cycle goes on, but it goes even deeper. Our research is, is trying to lead us to where the UFO phenomenon comes from. And there was another aspect to this work that interested me, and that was all linked to the abduction back in 1989, which I won't go into here because it's too long-winded. But nevertheless, uh, one part of the abduction felt as though it was physical, which it was, and the other part was non-physical. And I started to discover... Um, with regards to what people call the greys, as they're known within UFO literature, I wanted to find out what they are, where they came from, why they're here, and what they're doing. And uh, through a lot of uh, research and uh, understanding not just the way that consciousness operates through the conduit of the human brain, but also about the paranormal and the, the other spectres that seem to infiltrate our plane of reality, um, very quickly. So, you know, we. this is the thing that I have to state here as well, Rob. With regards to UFOs, we are told continuously that they don't exist. Now, I will say here for the record that they do. And that's been proven time and time again. You don't need me to, you know, to prove that to you. I think the world knows this. But it becomes evident uh, when I was linked with NUFORS or uh, the National UFO Reporting Service that was created by Nigel Ross. He's a good friend of mine, a lovely chap. And we wanted to build a network that brought in reports into us rather than the other um, organizations because those organizations wouldn't release these documents to the public. Now, what I did was that I wrote a letter. I can't say um, on your wonderful channel who it was to. Uh, but it was to someone very high up within the political arena here in England asking if they would step forward for us to bring about a, an organization, New Force, to share information and work with truth, work with honesty and put our heads together to try and work this out. You know, I got silence back and that told me everything. And you hear this time and time again. So what the system that we serve is doing is trying to distract our attention, not only that we are eternal, immortal beings uh, that are at this moment of time and have been since centuries being controlled, but there are other alternative dimensions of awareness which is able to infiltrate this plane of reality. So, um, you know, this, this is my take on the situation um, and with regards to the UFO subject, as it were, I know it sounds a little bit, people will say, well, how can someone be involved in UFO research and psychic phenomena? But remember, there must be a connection because 
um, without us being here, without our presence here on earth, uh, there is much more to our existence. And this may give us a greater understanding of what we may be dealing with, with alternative dimensions of awareness that's trying to infiltrate this plane of reality, which at the moment is being contained and controlled. Um, nothing has changed today, has it? <laughs> no, no. But you know what? For people who are naysayers that there is a psychic component to uh, yes. the UFO phenomenon, there's a lot of abduction stories where people only contact the abduct the abductor via telepathic communication. So there is some kind of psychic component in that sense as well. You know, just yeah. to play devil's advocate for people who don't realize what the connections might be. But, you know, I, I, I feel that you're absolutely right. And there's also a lot going on, too. You say, like, the dimensional, you know, the dimensional stuff. And I believe CERN has a lot to do with that. Like, that's a very long-winded explanation, too. We won't get into it. But one thing I also wanted to ask you was, you know, as per... I know everybody likes to talk about this with, when, they, when it comes to uh, UFO phenomena. But... Did you see a transition in society with the acceptance of your story when things like ancient aliens came out and, and these stories started to become more, I don't want to say mainstream because they're still shuffled down a little bit, but more prominent yeah. through society. What was the, what was it like during that time to really get you, you know, from, from the eighties and the nineties where it was like hush hush to mm -hmm. let's say now where they're actually putting something together in the American government to explore these phenomena, actual agency. So if you could go into that a little bit. Yeah, well, I felt very annoyed because at the time, the way that the media, um, you know, dealt with the subject matter, not all of the media, most of the media were understanding, but when you're in a pre-recorded show, they are able to take out the parts they don't want you to talk about, uh, namely the military and so on and so forth, so that it's contained and programmed for the public to uh, just feel that it's just a, a light story that could be ridiculed or taken seriously. Um, I went through a transition of, 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 you know, a little bit of anger because I thought, well, you know, I've been kicked in the teeth here. And, and now that the other people are becoming aware of this, which is absolutely fantastic. But for me on a personal level, it was a transformational experience, although it had happened what I considered to be a very negative um, experience um, has now taught me that it could mean something quite different. I am in touch with another brilliant researcher here called Pierre Sabac, and he is uh, into ancient languages, angels, fallen angels, that type of thing. And he's found something very interesting with regards to the abduction, because I can still remember it as though it happened yesterday, even though it was in 1989, the winter of 1989. Um, but I'm more interested now in centralizing my energies into breaking down, seeing what it is. Now, we, we don't have any answers. We only have speculations. And one of the things that was a blessing to me was the fact that did I have the experience in order for me to understand these alternative dimensions? Well, that could be a yes, because I understood a little bit more about the greys I'm not saying that I'm in touch with them every day. That's 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 nonsense. I'm not. It was only one experience that I remembered and recall that I had with them back in 1989. But it's made me realize that perhaps the greys themselves, the way that they abduct someone, um, the way that they come across as sexless and unemotional, 
um, you know, led me further into an understanding that perhaps, boy, you know, we could be dealing with another soul group that has cloned itself, that has no you know, retribution beyond the flesh or the bone or the material existence, and is using uh, human females as the incubators for a new genus, or at least trying to get themselves back into the process of creation. Now, I was accredited with a theory. I was very honored back in 1996, uh, an article that was published many years ago called Spirits in the Material World, and that theoretical, the dynamics of that theoretical um, work has grown since um, because I believe that we're not just dealing with spacemen here. I believe that there is a much deeper level uh, that we have to look into that is part of the soul, part of our continuation and our heritage, and also about our real existence of where we came from, the creation of man. Um, because I, I believe also that, you know, looking back into our history, um, we've we've been lied to, and you, you can find this out within the academic circles of whether it's archaeology or paleontology or anything like this, where you have to follow a certain curriculum uh, within the scientific community. And if you don't follow that, then you don't have a job. So we can see that this deception has been going on for decades, it's centuries. And it, and it feels to me like a lot of people now are waking up, which is beautiful, which is wonderful, because I think the programming from, a, from our younger days has got to the stage where people are thinking outside the box now and saying, you know, I'm fed up being told to a job I don't really want to do. And I'm fed up paying the taxes that seem to increase all the time. I'm fed up having to get up tired and working weekends as well so that I don't have a family connection link. So I think people have stopped and they're starting to rebel. And I think this is a rebellion of consciousness which is occurring here because the system or the system, because no matter which way you look at this, uh, whether or not you have the grand United States of America or, or England, you know, or wh wherever it is, all these systems are controlling the individuals. And I know that we have to have some form of control. That is absolutely prerogative. That's a prerogative. But thinking, we're not allowed to be able to think. We're not allowed to be able to create new hypotheses or understandings about what we are, where we come from, you know, what's out there, what makes things work. And anyone that goes outside that box is immediately condemned. I will tell you, um, Rob, many years ago when I did a few lectures in my very early days, I was very nervous and um, laughed at by some people. And I, I you know, and I look back at those days and think how I've grown. And I think we've all, we all grow through life and our experiences. But I think we're getting to a point within our evolution, or may I dare use the word spiritual evolution, where people are fed up. It's like they're throwing down their tools. They're saying, I've had enough. Because if we had a world where you, there was no money and that you could travel to <clears throat> America from here, from England, you know, to go and meet people or discover things, or if you were able to do a job that you really wanted to do, just think how advanced and wonderful this world would be. But we are seeing corruption, darkness, and control. But I always say to people, you know, at the end of the day, love and the spirit of man and woman, you know, outshines that darkness. So there, are the, I know it sounds quite complicated trying to narrow this all into one subject, but my understanding is we have been lied to and I wanted to find out why we're being lied to. 
are all the good souls out there on this planet, the wonderful people. We have our good times, we have our bad times, we have our difficulties. You know, if I could reach out to them and say to them that you are something more than flesh and blood, that you are a, an incredible being of light, you have so much potential, belief shapes that reality. And this is what we have to uh, share this information. What we have to do is share this information with other people to say, look, you know, at the end of the day, don't feel bad. Don't feel frightened. Understand that you are your own God in the making. You are you are God incarnate. And dare I say that, because people always think that God is a vengeful, wrathful being. Not my type of God, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, no. God is love and light always. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah you absolutely. Know, what you're saying is is so it resonates in me and it's very profound. You know, I feel that everybody has the God light through them, the source. Some people yes. call it the creator. Yes. So with, with that being said, to tap into that is divine. Yes. And it gives you the ability and the energy to push forward. And I agree with you when, you know, when this whole thing hit where we were all locked in for a long time, I had an overnight job. I was picking up boxes for a living. And I decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore. You know, that's not what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to exploit the gifts that that source or that God light has given me, which is my mouth of gift of gab. And I'm going to use it to project messages that I fully stand behind or I believe in. And maybe some that I don't just to open up the conversation and the conjecture of what thought is and the process of a good conversation. And it's a lot of things that we're lacking in community now is the ability to have a good conversation of two opposing sides and bringing them together to actually hash out their differences. But be able, to, even if you don't agree with them, to be able to respect the other side, you know, yeah. and respect their, where they're coming from. So, I mean, I, I think that that's I think that you're right on. And, you know, I, I've, I have a lot of questions. I know you said during, you know, during this conversation that you were looking into what the grays are. Yes. Or what do you feel now? Everybody can say whether you're wrong or right. We know that. But what do you feel that they are here and what is their mission? Well, you know, there are many theories and I will state for the record very clearly that I am not here to overstep on someone's belief system. That is very dangerous grounds indeed. We are allowed to look outside the box and I've had people saying, oh, you're wrong, you know. Well, that may be well and true, but we don't know what we're still dealing with. Now, what's interesting with regards to the greys is that when they abduct someone, they come through the walls or the building of where the person is. And they seem to have to be in close proximity to the person that they are so-called abducting. Um, instead of, you know, being able to beam them up, as it were, with modern technology like on Star Trek. The other interesting thing about the greys is that they seem to have no understanding of love, no empathy, uh, no understanding of color, of taste, of time, all these attributes that make us what we are. Now, my understanding is that we, you, me, and everyone else on this planet, hopefully, are come through the correct channel of the birthing cycle. So we come through the womb. And as we incarnate from what we call the other side, um, that, uh, you know, child grows up and, and learns. And then when we die, the soul returns back to the other side with its inherent memories, not just from its life that it's lived, but also the past memories, maybe from past lives, which is another department entirely. But I do believe that that is possible. Now, if we clone you, say, for instance, and let me say that I cloned you a, a hundred times in a laboratory, 
your clones would only have the memory or understanding of one single life imprint. So that when you die as the original copy, you will return to source, as it were, or to the Godhead. The hypothesis that I uh, tried to work on was that your cloned souls maybe are not strong enough to be able to be propelled back to where you came from. And so they perhaps, from their level of mental or spiritual stagnation, have grouped themselves into one hive mind consciousness and operating as a one mind, one hive entity. And that what are they interested in? They're interested in reproduction. And, you know, we hear a lot about this. Uh, I met Dr. David Jacobs in Arizona some years ago, and he hypothesizes, he could be correct, that they're here with us already. But my understanding is that um, that the greys themselves are interested in hybridization. Now, why is that from a species that cannot reproduce? This is where I started to question why they were interested in creating a new genus, and we don't see any greys walking around here because most of the times in, in our world, I mean, you know, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm sure that they most of them are here. Remember, we've got different factions of humans with different agendas. The same could apply to the greys. There may be different factions of them. But what are they interested in? They're interested in reproduction. They're interested in hybridization with a new genus of species that they bring the mother on board, back on board, who carried the um, the hybrid, to bond, to show the hybrid love and understanding. So taking our hypothesis further, could it be that perhaps from their level of reality that they have uh, impregnated our matrix, our reality, and they're infusing this connection of uh, alien stroke human hybridization in order to try to propel them individually back to their source. It could even be that the greys are perhaps projecting themselves into our reality through a form of remote viewing. Uh, that is to say that they are in a another dimension and that they're projecting themselves into our field of awareness. Remember also that the greys uh, do not wish the individual to remember or recall any of the events. Now, that's suspicious. If they were here to help us, they would allow us to remember. But they use some type of screen memory. Now, I also believe that what the greys are actually doing, it's another theory, is that when they abduct someone, they are actually taking the real part of you away from your physical body, so your soul. And they bring it into their field of vibration so that you're matched by density. For instance, when we die, we understand that we will be able to physically uh, interact with our loved ones. And you hear this all the time through near-death experiences where the experience is so real and the communication is so amazing. Um, and then they come back and they want to go back there. But the difference between the abduction is that it it, it is very different or negative and the near-death experience, in more cases than not, is positive. So I started looking into the parallels of what the greys could or may represent. And I believe that there's a much bigger picture here. Because when the soul of the person is taken away from the physical body and brought into their vibrational frequency, where they are able to connect with it, healers are able to affect a physical body even though they're not touching or in any way around the body the physical body they're actually attaching to the energy of the body so the the other thing is that implants can be 
um, implanted as well, because we're seeing two sides of a coin that are real. One side is real, the other side is real, but they may be matching their connection between the two and have found a way to penetrate our realm. And I think also that the reason that the public cannot be told, and I'm not just talking about the greys, as I said before, there are perhaps different factions of them with different agendas. And, you know, I'm not saying that's all of the greys in total, um, but they're certainly suspicious. It's certainly, sorry, suspicious that they try to blank the experience from the mind of the person who's having the abduction and that there is memory loss, time loss, because that person has been taken out of their normal time frame and into an area where there is no time. So this may account also for the lack of memory because the mind in this reality doesn't seem to understand. And sometimes people have to use a... Um, you know, a, a regressionist to try to pull those memories forward. But the greys do their damnedest to mix up the memories so that, you know, anyone that finds out from this side will think that the person's, you know, come out from a from a pub after having about 100 pints. <laughs> so, you know, this is the area that we're looking at. There's a spiritual component that seems to be attached to this and a cloning component. And uh, my argument was from the very beginning why are the greys interested in reproduction when they themselves cannot reproduce? And it's a massive program. And this is something I think that the media tried to ridicule because they didn't want the public to understand more about what was going on. So if it was discovered that, yes, the system tells everyone UFOs are real, but by the way, we can't control them. And the occupants, we uh, we understand they, they can abduct you in the middle of the night and they can do these experiments on you. And we don't know how to explain that to you. And we have to understand also there's a lot of frightened people out there, God love them, who I understand they'd find that very, very hard to swallow. Um, but um, so that is that is my theory. I'm there, you know, I believe that the greys are perhaps walking among us as well as humans. I believe that there are different factions of them. Um, but it was just the abduction phenomena that kind of like interested me. But that, that's how I saw that. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I believe that they are among us. And I think that you're definitely on to the right track with that too. And that leads me to my next question is we also talked about how, you know, officials or high up people who are in charge of, let's say, society don't want this information getting out. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's because they will not be able to explain the enormity of it. I think also that this phenomenon has been going on for a very long time and not since the first its first inception, sorry, uh, with the Roswell, New Mexico crash landing in 1947. I will state here for the record that there's something very fishy about that because when the military released the story and said, first of all, that they had a crash disc in their possession and then they changed it to a mogul weather balloon. Well, if it was that secret, uh, you would have assumed that the scientists within the army military corps would have been analyzing it and seeing where it came down. They wouldn't just leave it if it was that top secret. So this was where the birth of conspiracy came in. And that's another long story that will go that goes on and rages forever. But it the simple the facts are simple and they're clear cut. If it was top secret, why wasn't it being, you know, recorded and observed even during the point of its crash? And it was that top secret that they had um remnants of the material 
apparently splashed across the front page of the the papers during that time. So I think the conspiracy of silence is due to the fact that one, we, I believe, do have elements of its hardware. And yes, even people say, well, if you believe the Greys are on a different uh, level of reality, how how can you say that they're material? Well, of course, because they'll lower their density, their field of vibration, and enter our realm as such. They go in and out very quickly, like you turning uh, the channel uh, on the TV or a radio to a different station. Instantly, it changes. So I believe that the um, system that we serve will not address this because they'll be they could be sued because all these researchers and people who have claimed this and told time and time again they don't exist will find themselves in very deep waters indeed and they will realize the big problem where people will really understand that they've been lied to um and but i do believe that this is orchestrated on a military level i don't believe it's a governmental level i believe that the governments <laughs> well they come and go don't they they're like puppets for the establishment but Absolutely. I believe that it's linked with the military core and not so much as the governmental sections. Well, that's, I, I agree with that too. And, you know, once they lied about it the first time, they must have, now they have to keep the lie going. Otherwise, they've looked like liars the whole time and it'll cause chaos. Totally agree with that. Let's, let's move over to the clairvoyant side of your life. I know you said you're, you know, clairvoyant and a medium and you've spoken to uh, entities that had passed. Tell us a little bit about that and how that's affected your life. Well, I had no wish to be a medium. I mean, it, it was all very bizarre. I was dealing with the UFO subject and then uh, my maternal grandmother passed. Um, my twin and I were very close to her and she was psychic and and she came to me the night she died. She was uh, in Somerset Hospital and I was here in Bedford um, a long way away and, and she she came to me when she died. So I went to go and see a medium uh, who worked for the FBI in America and she wiped the floor with me because I'd gone there not believing. And she and I had to stop in those days, had to stop and find out where her place was. And I taught, I asked two old dears <laughs> and they said, oh, you know, and then when I got to the medium's place, which was somewhere way away, she looked at me and she said, your grandmother's telling me you stopped and asked two people how to get here. I was nearly floored. So I was fascinated by the way she worked. But she also told me that you're a psychic. She said to me, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going down that road. But <laughs> what happened was that, no, seriously, it's got more problems than anything. But what was interesting was that in two years' time, um, a friend of mine and two other people had died. And a friend of mine who had cancer, um, he was only 20. I said to him, look, can you do me a favor? Would you be able to show yourself to me after you pass to the other side? And he looked, I thought he was going to punch me. He didn't. And he said, well, how do you expect me to do that? And I said, well, I don't know. You'll find a way. And he said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll beam down like they do on Star Trek. So he his funeral came and went, and I walked into a secondhand bookshop because you can always find the really good UFO, old UFO books in there. And this book fell off the shelf called Reunions by Dr. Raymond Moody. And I read it, and it told you how you could communicate with those who had crossed over to the other side. And one of those was a mirror experiment. Well, when I did the mirror experiment, nothing happened until I came back from work, again in the winter. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the, the kitchen with looking through the conservatory glass doors, and who do you think walks uh, uh, in front through them is my friend who died. And I couldn't believe it. I was absolutely so shocked and floored. I thought, my God, am I going mad? So anyway, I went back to the medium, 
And I believe that all of us are activated at certain points within our life. I believe that we're all important, that we're all special, that no one's better than anyone else. But there are certain activation points within your spiritual journey, as it were, if I use that word lightly. Um, but I found also that I was fascinated and wanted to find the truth of discarnate communication. I wanted to find out how it worked. And this led me then on to the uh, investigations of psychic exploration, of then taking to platform and then doing it. And winning award. I, I won an award in Portsmouth um, in 2008, um, Clairvoyant Award, um, in front of a panel of very harsh judges, one of which was with the Spiritual National Union. I have no affiliation with them and magazines. So, um, and the British medium Tony Stockwell was there. I also met um, the late, uh, oh, do you know, goes blank, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> I know, no, it just goes blank. It's like uh, I can see him. There was another medium who's very famous, and um, and he helped me a little bit. So I've had a real push in that direction, and it's something I'm still doing, but I try to deal with it in a black and white fashion. I don't feed. I just ask for yes or no, and I deal with the evidence that come through. And I don't deal with the names of the person because, as I've always said, a name is just a tag to identify the body in this life. You know, names and national insurance numbers. <laughs> right. I think right. I've discarded when we pass over. <laughs> so it's um, you know, it's really Colin Fry. That's it. Sorry, God love him. Please forgive me, Colin Fry, who was a, a, a good, a brilliant medium over here in England. Um, so I was blessed, but I just found myself like weird because you know, here I am dealing with UFOs and I'm dealing with psychic phenomena, and the medium that I'd seen had said to me. Uh, it's a bit like The Matrix, isn't it? The film The Matrix. The medium said to me, she said to me, you will be bridging the gap between the psychic and UFO phenomena. And I didn't understand what she meant. And I guess I'm still trying to do that to this day. So, you know, that is in a nutshell, that's how I got involved. But, you know, I claim nothing. The, the claims are only through the evidence that you bring through. Um, and and how you deal empathically with the information that comes through. I, I like Doris Stokes, the late Doris Stokes. I couldn't raise the skin of a rice pudding. That's what she used to say. We are just <laughs> receivers and transmitters for information that is operating on a higher frequency of awareness, but understanding it is kind of like, sometimes it can be a bit tricky. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And and just for anybody out there in the audience that's watching, if you have any questions for Philip, please put them in the comments. I'll do my best to get them on and then, he can answer your questions for you. Now that we've talked about all of the aspects of paranormal, supernatural phenomenon, UFOs, let's talk about your podcast a little bit. I know you guys God. have a show or a podcast. Let's, uh, I want you to tell the audience on what got you into that a little bit or what made you decide that you and your brother, I believe it's you and your brother on the podcast, correct? Yes, so my twin brother. We're, 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 you know, we're identical. So people get confused with us sometimes. And it can be a problem because he's also an author and an artist. And, and oh, when wow. I put one of his books up, it's like they think it's mine. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to steal his thunder here. <laughs> and so we, we've gone on a show uh, many years ago. Um, it was with the Paranormal UK Radio Network here in England. And there is two wonderful people. Uh, well, I'm linked with many of them because we're all wonderful. Um, Mark Johnson and Irene Ellen Block. And, and they we'd finished the interview. And then she phoned me up, me and my brother. And she said, listen, would you like to do your own radio show? And I said, oh, no, I don't want to do a radio show, please. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think I can do that. She wasn't having any of it. So 
we said, okay, we'll give it a go. So thus was born Twin Souls. And that is part of the Paranormal UK radio network. I mean, we do it once a month. I don't think that I, I, with all the other work that I'm doing, we're all important. I don't think I have enough energy to do one, one a week. It's one a month. So we tried to book in um, UFO researchers, people with different opinions on psychic matters. So we're very, like you, very open-minded. Um, and, you know, I will never negate anything um, because, as I always say, we just don't know. We have a bunch of theories. And my brother and I always have this joke with one another, especially with the UFO phenomenon. We say, well, what have we got after 70 years, just over 70 years of research? We still have a blank page. But, hey, we can still keep going forward. Absolutely. Um, and and, and, it's int- and I'm, I just find that talking to other people listening to their their experiences, listening to their beliefs um, comforts me because, you know, for so long, I think we're living in a system that's trying to cram everything into one box and it just won't fit. I think as souls, we are walking our own separate paths to our own unfolding reality. And I think that that is unique to you as the individual, whether or not you're Hindu um, or you're uh, Muslim, or you're British, or who, it doesn't matter. Your beliefs are sacred to you. As long as those beliefs don't harm or control or destroy people, then we're all for that. And there's a lot of people who are worried uh, that come to me for readings, and they say, um, you know, I'm Catholic. Will I burn in hell? And I said, that's the last place you'll burn. <laughs> you know, it's like no right, one's going right. to judge you. You know, no one's going to judge you because the way we understand it is that life is an experience, and through what they call the panoramic life review, we come to a deeper understanding of who and what we are and our relationship to other souls. So, I think the mythos of these, uh, if I may dare say, a kind of to a degree manufactured uh, religious ideologies which put the fear of God in people, people shouldn't fear. They should not fear who they are, what they are, where they come from. You know, if they they have to believe in what they are, where they come from, where they're going, even if it's just simply being with the family, it's not all about climbing that greasy pole to fame and success. It's about memories. It's about experiences. Because trust me, as you know, and all many people, when you lose the people from this side of life, it is the most painful, desperate situation that's like walking through hell. And that really hurts. So we have to understand that through our journey of life, we are all important. But going back to the radio program, I was very honored. Um, we did we did have a, a, a break uh, for a while, for about seven months, I think, because we my brother, my brother and I were very ill. And um, so we had to, we we just had to put that on the burner, and now we're back on form again now. So it's been very strange and and very hard, um, but at the same token, I'm so blessed to have had been given the opportunity with my brother. Uh, you know, and he's a he's we're on the same page. We're everything. Me and my brother, we like the same books. We like the same films. We like the same music. He is an artist, a brilliant artist, and um, he's done a lot of work for 
magazines and especially for the Outer Limits magazine, which is uh, created by Chris Evers. He's here in England, a brilliant man. I have a lot of respect for him and Philip Mantle, uh, my peers, because uh, as you probably know, Philip Mantle is uh, what they jokingly call UFO royalty here in England. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's the nicest Absolutely. man the nicest guy you could ever meet on this planet. And he still doesn't know what we're dealing with. And, and, and I love that. Um, you know, and, and Chris Evers has created uh, Out of Limits magazine and he does the uh, conferences as well. Um, so it's really interesting to bring all like-minded people together. That's what it's about. It's not just about the speaker doing the talk. It's about uniting everyone and enfolding them and embracing them all into the experience, whether it be a radio program, whether it be a lecture. The audience and the people are the most important part to the whole experience. It's rather like having an orchestra. If they have no audience to listen to them, then it's not going to work. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, you know, that's so, one of the things that we, especially with this specific, you know, Full Spectrum Universe is not just a show. It is a flagship show, but it's also my company as well. And wow. the reason, one of the things that we aspire to do in the near future is to hold those conferences because I feel that there is a power. We're bringing these people together and these ideas yeah. that formulate from these specific conferences. And something yeah. that you said during this conversation really resonated with me where, you know, you'll be talking to somebody and somebody else will say something like, you know, like, well, just to say like Bigfoot, like, and, it'll, and then a third party will say, do you really believe in Bigfoot? And you say to them, well, I don't have any evidence contrary to it. So if that person believes that and they feel wholeheartedly about it, you know, why would I not think that there is a possibility of that being something? You know what I mean? To speak oh, yeah. in generalities. But somebody's like, do you really believe that? And you're like, well, you know, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't exactly. you? We, we don't know so much. And we're learning so much every day. And that's one of the things that with the group that I have, that's Full Spectrum Universe. Shout out to everybody in the group. But what I feel that this show and that group and this company is, is the best exchange of knowledge and information that the Internet has to offer, which is why yeah. we bring on guests like yourself, somebody who's so knowledgeable and has been through the gambit from mm -hmm. radio to television to ideas to hypotheses. You know, like you said before, too, that mainstream science most of the time shuns anybody who doesn't follow their bureaucratic oath vibe. And yeah. it's it's disgusting because they don't know. And they, of all people, should say, well, you know, I think that there is a possibility for just about anything. But they don't yes. do that. They negate that 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 thinking. And that's not science anymore. That's just literally it's just creating history in a sense, because history is always run by the victors. You know what I mean? There's so yeah. much history out there that we don't know about. So they're literally yeah. creating something that's just it's. It's not open minded. There is no they're they're considering that the var that like let's say a variable is X. They're saying that it can only be something like a horse with blinders, that it can only be something in this row, when really it's something in this whole in the whole atmosphere. There, there's it, it's such yeah. a weird facade that they put up that they're actually doing studies and research of science when really they're not. They're just telling you what they think, and then that's gospel when it shouldn't be. Yeah. And we are more, much more, I think we're beginning to understand that we are much more than just the fle flesh and bud, blood Sorry, that we, we occupy. I believe that most people are waking up to the understanding 
that we are gods in the making, that we have a part within the process of creation, that we also are a brilliant, that we can just about do anything if we believe, and that belief is important. I always like that line from the film that I loved that was made by Disney many years ago, The Black Hole. And uh, one of the authors there had said the, the, the word impossible only resides with the dictionary for fools. And I believe that, you know, this belief or this example of what we can achieve is definitely there for you. So anyone who has a belief or has, a, a, you know, wanting to create and go forward, then do it. Believe in yourself, because a lot of the great people in this life have overcome the most incredible uh, difficulties to get to where they wanted to go. And, and with each and every one of them, they normally come from someone who has started with absolutely nothing. And I do say I started with nothing, and I still have most of nothing. But it doesn't matter. I'm happy. <laughs> well, exactly. Your life is enriched I'm happy. I'm happy. from all that. Mm, I'm you know? rich I'm rich inside. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Listen, rich, being wealthy is not possession of money. Being wealthy is being schooled in knowledge and finding new ideas mm. to, to mm-hmm. you know. Exciting. I, exactly. One of the things that I always tell people is when I was in high school, I was a terrible student. And I'm going to tell you, it's not because I wasn't intelligent enough to do it. It's because I didn't have a drive to learn. I just mm. wanted to do my own thing and be away from the normal, uh, the normal trends of society, you know. And then it got to a point where I was in my late 20s, early 30s, where I couldn't find any other joy besides, of course, my, you know, my, my, uh, my girlfriend who's going to yeah. be my wife eventually mm-hmm. in the next, uh, in, in the next couple of months here, but congratulations. Well, we're not engaged yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. But <laughs> so, and I'm not going to give up any information on that because I know she's listening right now and she wants me to tell her exactly <laughs> when that's going to happen. But I'm just going to tell you right now, babe, it's going to be soon. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But, you know, the construct of how people would learn in school is different than the construct of how you would learn by yourself doing oh, your own yeah. research. It's, yes. it, it, it involves subject matter mm. and all these different things. But besides her, there was no other happiness that I can find even to this day in then doing my own research and learning more. I have such a thirst and hunger and an enjoyment yeah. with learning that, you know, it. it mm. sometimes I think about it and I'm like, wow, you know, uh, I it's such a night and day difference from when I was younger, you know? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if that comes with maturity or age, but I think that there is some, some, you know, my path has led me here. So I'm going to take full advantage of arming myself with as much knowledge as I can. I mean, I, I, I investigate everything, paranormal, UFOs, history, recorded history and not recorded history, ancient astronaut theory, the political mm-hmm. arena, I mean, I'm just, oh, yeah. there's, I can't get enough. I can't get enough. And I've done shows on everything. And that's why I love having this premise of a show is because we can talk about anything. As just mm-hmm. in this show alone, we talked about UFO phenomena, uh, you know, technology and podcasting, clairvoyancy. We've done the whole gambit right now. And I love that. And, and I am definitely a fan of yours, Philip. I think that it's just, you know, what you do is so important. I think it's so important. And the positivity that you exude while talking to people and in this information that you've given us 
is such an important task and you've taken it on and you've you've done it with a smile and it when you speak i i feel like i'm learning more and more every time you open your mouth and i enjoy that i enjoy that well you know i will tell you um that you know even myself i always looked up and appreciated and respected my peers and i was always full of respect for them and i think it's important that the young are coming forward now they carry the torch the mantle for that truth we you know i i am no one important my my I, my idea is that we are all important but if we can hand something over to the young so that they may carry on i love that example to take the torch to carry it forward then you know that is a job well done you know we're going to find out uh, sooner or later i always say to people don't worry about it we're all going to get there and they look at me not realizing what i'm talking about it's like we're all going to cross over again and the transitional period will be very brief and very quick um and they think that heaven is a million miles away and i said well it's around the around you they look at me and i say well one person said is there enough room in heaven and i said well does your signal take up any room from your mobile phone and she looked at me and it was a humorous moment and she kind of like got it and i said you know all of us are resonating on our on our amazing energies um positive energies love i know we all go through difficulties we all have a bad day and we get angry that is a human attribute um it'd be worrying if you were you love and light every minute of the day but Absolutely. using roughly about 70 to 85% of that maximum power of belief and love and you know not worrying too much i think that infuses a greater power of force from the other side into you like a power charge and that will you know help you um if you open your mind um to the concept that you are an immortal soul and that you have a long journey so my modus operandi has always been to respect every person that i meet and to thank them very much for what they've given even if they've given nothing because we're all connected and that is the most important part i never know how people will take what i say i know i've had people saying to me well you're wrong and i say well then that's fine because you know we still don't know where we are today but we have to understand that placing the ufo and psychic phenomena into completely separate categories it seems to contradict the subject matter at hand because we're seeing and uh, understanding that there are components to this which is remarkable and uh, making us more aware of other dimensions of awareness it's it's incredible it definitely is we actually have a question from a audience member here by the name of Thomas Alvin Thomas Alvin Hi. asks he asks to do you know anything about the uh secret space program or the SSP well i've heard rumor and i do believe that there has been a secret space program definitely um because of uh, gary mckinnon here in england um who had infiltrated um some very sensitive information um from us database systems um so i've always believed that the public have been sidetracked into understanding the fossil fuel uh, process of getting into space when they could even be there now so i am fully open minded with that concept because there's a lot of things that does not seem to add up and make sense and highly speculative 
you know, with regards to certain events in history with space travel and certain other events we won't get into here. But um, it certainly opens our eyes to the fact that, yes, I believe definitely there is a secret space program. Um, and that, that, I think, is quite evident. Oh, it's exceptional. We're coming up on just about an hour. So, Philip, I want you to tell people where they can find all of your work. Lay us down with uh, websites, YouTube channels, whatever you have for us so people can find what you do. Because I think it's very important for people who are out there to delve into Philip's work. It's super, it's super knowledgeable. It's super important. And I feel that, like I, like we said here, me and him are very like-minded. And I enjoy what I see and what I hear coming from Philip. So please tell them where they can find all of your stuff. Oh, well, they can find me on Facebook. I don't have a website. I'm, I'm designing one at the moment because the other one was too expensive to run. And I, my books are, well, they're published by different publishing companies, and I've had to bring a through, few throughout on Amazon. But um, one of the main ones is A Passage Through Eternity, The Enigma of the Dead, UFOs and Aliens, and also the recent one, Guardians of the Dead, which deals with the psychic component, and the future one, which will come out called You, the Public Deceived, the Grand UFO Deception. Although it says unavailable at the moment, it will be out in the new year. Um, and YouTube, just punch in my name, Philip Kinsella. There is another Philip Kinsella who is a uh, a, doc, a, a professional um, doctor. That's not me. But I think you'll see from the pictures there's a difference between us. But um, And my brother also, Ronald Kinsella. You can check out his art and his books. He's, he's released a humorous one called... Um, I Grey is about through the eyes of a grey. It's just released it on Amazon. So I think you're, if you want a good laugh in a, in a nice way, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's illustrated. So look at that one. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excellent. Excellent. And yeah. just so everybody knows that me and Philip are actually going to be doing a whole other hour after this. <clears throat> but it isn't accessible via Facebook or YouTube. There's only one place to find that, or actually two places, which I'll put up here. And what that is, is so for, it's all of our extra content. Every guest that we have on, we do extra, we, we literally do a ton of extra stuff. You know, we do a whole extra episode. So for extra content, and it's only $2, not only does what, uh, not only do you get that content, you help fuel our engines here and make this machine work and, and help us to expand and get more people out in the field and to expand what we have. Uh, soon we're going to be getting a brand new camera, a new soundboard, some new microphones. We're going to be upgrading. We're also going to be getting some kind of studio space. Right now I'm coming to you live from my kitchen table, but you know these messages have to be coming out. So if you subscribe to uh, www.patreon.com, Full Spectrum Universe, you have, as of right now, there are eight extra episodes on there. We try and do uh, two to three extra episodes a week. With all the uh, stuff coming up this week, it's going to be quite a crazy, quite a crazy thing. Also, we have, if you don't like Patreon, some people don't, we have a subscribe star. As you can see, it's www.subscribestar.com full dash spectrum dash universe. Uh, and not only that, one, another thing that we try and do is if you have a small business and you're trying to actually get off the ground, I, I totally, I totally am on board with that. So we also have a tier for those people as well. For only $100 a month, we will say your advertisement two times during every show. We can even make commercials for you. So just to put that out there for people who are trying to get off the ground, of course, we're looking for startups, whether it be a .com or something that's local or within an area where we can get people. Just to let people know, on average, most of our shows get anywhere from ten to 11,000 views 
between servers and different uh, platforms just to let people know what our records are here. So if that's something that interests you, please go ahead and do that. Uh, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to say goodbye, Philip. I just want you to say one last word to everybody, and we're going to cut the camera off. So everybody, I appreciate everybody for coming in. Philip, thank you. I'm honored to have you on. I hope we can get you on again. And actually, I want you to bring your brother on too so we can see what you both look like and talk, and we can have an actual roundtable type of conversation. I think it would be so beneficial for everybody. So uh, I'm going to give you one last word before we go out. So I'm going to make you, I believe, the uh, the only person. We're going to click on you here. And let's see. Let's go. Oh, we, did, we didn't do it right. So we'll just okay. leave it like that. So go ahead, Philip. Say the last words before we sign well, out. Well, believe in yourself. And thank you very much. Remember to believe in yourself, believe in your work, and let no one convince you otherwise of your beliefs. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you another time. And that's it for Full Spectrum Universe. Have a great day.